Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Combine Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cop Podcast. I'm Mick and I'm joined as usual by Jay. But we've got a very special guest on today. It's one third of the Wombats. It's Dan Haggis. All right, Dan, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. How's, uh, how's London treating you? I know you're nice and far away from the local uh, lockdown now. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty frustrating though because obviously all my family are up in Liverpool really. So uh, it's kind of gutting not to be able to get up there whenever I want uh, and for them to come down here so hopefully it won't last too long and you know things will go back to normal-ish soon <laughs> sooner rather than later <laughs> yeah yeah I know I hope so I mean it's, it's difficult because I thought we were all getting back to a semblance of normality and then next next minute where we're, well, where I'm in Liverpool we're stuck in lockdown so we're pretty much fucked so yeah it's no good. end in sight L- London will follow no doubt soon um, you know, the numbers are just going to surely keep going up, I would imagine. And then it's going to happen all winter, isn't it? Like, realistically, yeah. unless they do like some mad three-week kind of full-on, you know, back to lockdown and get numbers back right down. It's just going to keep doing this the whole time. They might loosen things up a bit and then down again. And so, yeah, as long as it's all right by Christmas, I think that's probably their mission to make sure we can all like get back home and see people for Christmas. Otherwise, it's going to be some pretty unhappy people, aren't there? I mean, more more unhappy than they already are. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, definitely. Especially with no one being on to the match as well. Now, like we're going to touch on how, how good Everton are doing, and it's it is quite sad that you aren't uh, Everton fans aren't like yourself aren't allowed to go to Goodison and see how well you're doing. And, I know. And, and embrace it. Yeah. No, it's a shame. Um, Obviously, like the music industry and any basically any live events are having a shocker at the moment, aren't they? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the only the only sort of silver lining in a way is that you know we get to watch some of the three o'clock games on a Saturday at least from home rather than going to the match. So for for me as an Everton fan down in London, um, I don't get to go up to the match that often. So I have actually watched every game. <laughs> um, so that's a positive. But obviously, like 
you know, with the sound effects on the screen and all that, it's kind of, I don't mind actually when there's no crowd, you know, fake crowd and you can hear the players all shouting at each other. It's kind of, kind of interesting to like pull that curtain back, isn't it? Behind like how yeah. the team, who shouts the most and all the rest of it. Like I quite like that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's such a shame because as you say, Everton are doing really well um, and playing really good football. Um, and it would just be so nice to be there in the ground and, and witness it. Because you, you can't beat that atmosphere. It's the same as gigs, you know. I've, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I've watched a few online, um, you know, gigs and performances and stuff. And whilst yeah. it does kind of scratch the itch of live music, it doesn't really, it doesn't hit you in the same way, does it? It's kind of... Yeah. No. It's still nice, but it's just be it, like same as football, being at the ground and getting goosebumps when your team scores and all those moments and like just the banter and everything surrounding it. It's kind of it's so addictive, isn't it? And it's you yeah. just get goosebumps like you don't. You, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do jump up on the couch and shout, and my girlfriend tells me to pipe down. But um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just not quite the same, is it? Yeah, yeah I think because I'm a boring bastard and I, I like darts. I was watching the darts last night, and even that, it's like it's not it's not the same. Like there's, there's no one putting the players off. Like especially I'm into boxing as well, and like boxing's like you can have a pin drop in the crowd, and it shouldn't be like that. And I think yeah. it, it does have an effect on what the outcome would be and it would be interesting yeah. to see what the these four games would have been like if we had actually fans in the stadiums but we'll, we'll, we'll start anyway with like you said Everton doing doing really well it pains me to say what four wins out of four yeah first time you've won your opening first four games since 1969 slash 70 and you went on to win the league title did you Ooh. ever expect that good sign I mean yeah <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, this is this must be hard for you to get this out on a Liverpool uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you deserve I, it, mate. You deserve it. Yeah, no. To be honest, I've like had a few I, times before, when I was as um as an Everton fan, I'm like obviously I've got so many friends who are Liverpool fans as well, and I like genuinely I wanted you to win the league when um, Man City pitched you to it two years ago, like, and I was I was happy for you last year. Like I'm. You know, I think it's great for the city when either club are doing well. And obviously, unfortunately, as an Everton fan, Liverpool have definitely had the lion's share of things over, the, like, well, in my lifetime anyway. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm just absolutely made up that we're, there's a lot of positivity and, you know, like going into every game. Like, I always have hope. Um, but this derby is definitely the first derby I've actually... Um, I shouldn't even be saying this because I'm going to jinx it, but you know, it is the first time I like feel genuinely like hopeful, and especially after your seven-two defeat last week. Like, yeah. what on yeah. earth happened there? Yeah. Well, sorry, go on, mate. Uh, well, no, I was just about to say it was. I can't believe that that happened. I do think it was a one-off for us. I don't think yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see like that again. I mean, maybe the players needed to kick up the ass for that. I don't know. We've not been at the races since we came back from. The initial break, did we? We, you know, yeah. I think everyone knew that, that the league was well and truly wrapped up, and we've not been at, at our at our best. But I think it's a one-off. But I agree with you, Dan. I, I am seriously. I'm, I mean, I'm worried when we go to Goodison anyway, because usually it's 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 a tough place to go for us anyway. You know, it's always a nil-nil. You guys always up up your game with it and everything. Yeah. But I, like after the way you guys have been performing last the last four games, yeah, it's go, it's going to be a massive derby. And again, one of the things I was saying to Again, one of my best friends, he's an Evertonian. I said, if we'd have beat Villa, it'd have put us on level points. So both Liverpool and Everton would have been, you know, three points clear of the rest of the pack. Yeah. And it would have been even better. And I just, I, I, you know, it's not happened in my lifetime. And like you said, damn, great that that's happening for the city. But yeah. I can't wait for this derby. It's going to be incredible. I know. I, I really do like. I mean, I hope we win. Obviously, like with every inch of my body. But at the same time, like I really hope it's a proper 
you know, Liverpool come back from that defeat and just like, as you say, it's a kick up the arse and they go like, right, we're having this. And they, you know, point to prove and they know that Everton are doing well and playing well at the moment and they just go at us and Everton's same. And it's just like an amazing game of football. Like that's all anyone wants to watch, isn't it? Like end to end, as long as Everton do finally get the victory that they, that they may be, uh, you know, that give us one in the last 10 yeah. years, you know, we can ha- <laughs> give us that. Yeah, I've just I've just mentioned one stat there. I'll mention another. The last time Everton beat us in a fixture was the seventeenth of October two thousand and ten. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be exactly ten days to the day that his last beat us in a super. What, that was a, it was a two ten, win. Was it Goodison? Ten, ten, ten years. years yeah. Oh ten years, wow. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I really Thanks. really hope um, yeah, it's going to be a good game. As as the way you've started surprised you a little bit. I know you've obviously got a great manager now, Ancelotti, and for me, you've made some great signings like James Rodriguez, who I didn't think would be do as well, and he's he's proved me wrong so far. And you've got the likes of Decore and Allen, who I think the midfield's where you've always needed to strengthen. I mean, the last time he's had well, back back in 2010, he's had the likes of Arteta and Kale, like people in the midfield who are gonna, not going to take any shit. They're going to good on the ball, good creatively, but also good defensively. And I think with Decore, Allen, and Rodriguez, you've now finally got some steel in there as well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> last year it was kind of obviously Ancelotti came in and there's this big positive feeling like, wow, a manager of his calibre kind of coming into the team and what's he going to do? And obviously, like, I felt like there was that honeymoon period to start with where things were looking better. And then with lockdown and everything, the last kind of, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but four or five games of the season, things really didn't look that great. It was quite lacklustre and, you know, it felt like everyone was just like, oh, we're just going to finish mid table. That's the end of, you know. They just—I don't know why they weren't fight, fighting that much, but um, the start of the season, as you say, like Rodriguez just got that little touch of class and that vision that I don't think really we didn't have that playmaker on the field, mm. um, you know, in the same way that Rodriguez has that kind of every single game, every like ten or fifteen minutes. I feel like there's a little touch or a little ball or a, something he does. You just go like, "Whoa!" You know, one of those yeah. players that makes you kind of excited to watch. Like, what's he going to yeah. do now? Um, and Alan actually has been one of my favourites, like signings. He, like when you watch, you just watch him. He just doesn't stop the whole game. The amount of balls he wins back for us, like he just marshals that just in front of the defence, like, and then he fights for everything and he breaks up the play so well. Um, he's he's such an, a key person. Like, I suppose like a kind of Roy Keane, you know, someone on yeah. your team that's just gonna like get stuck in and stop everything for the other team. He must be a nightmare to play against because he reads the game really well and like. He, you know, he works his arse off. I don't actually know if he's fit for this Saturday, though, is he? Do you know if he's back? Not sure. Not sure. Um, I, 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 but to be honest, like, Decore's similar, like, absolutely brilliant, like, strong, fast, reads the game really well, gets stuck in. So, all three of them have been brilliant. Um, and, like, the effect that they've had on all the other players, obviously, like, Calvert-Lewin yeah. has just, it's like, hang on a minute, what? Um, you know, he's always, I, I've always thought he was, like, kind of good, but Obviously, it, it seems like maybe it's a service thing, or maybe they've just all like been uh, because of the new players. Maybe that adds a kind of yeah. um, uh, you know impetus on the team to like fight harder, and or they're just clicking. You know, like same with in music. Like I have to do a parallel as a musician, but sometimes you play with other musicians who can be really good musicians, and it doesn't necessarily click for whatever reason. It's kind of it works fine, but you know it doesn't really like you don't have that spark. And then you could play with someone for whatever reason and there's just a chemistry between you and it's like, whoa, 
um, I suppose like meeting a girl or, you know, anything in life, like there are those unexplained moments and hopefully Everton are just having one of those things where the players all of a sudden have just gone like, right. Um, you know, and, and watching them play, you can tell they, they instinctively know where they're, what, where they're all meant to be. And there is this kind of harmony in the team that I haven't seen for a while. Yeah, I think yeah. you've just hit the nail on the head there, mate. I think with with the signings that you guys made, it was... I, I mean, I know that the banter was flowing over the transfers and stuff like like it had been in previous years when the whole Everton had won the transfer window thing. And it was... <laughs> don't get me wrong, they, they, they made a lot of signs, but obviously they didn't work out. And I was, I'm sure a lot of us thought that... Um, these signings might not work out. I mean, Alan's yeah. been the best. The, Alan's been the best Alan to play on Merseyside since Joe Allen. That's, that's one thing. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. No, he's been <laughs> phenomenal. But the one that surprised me most was uh, James Rodriguez because yeah. we all knew he was a quality player. And you said to me, Mick, didn't you? Like at the time, we, we both had the conversation that we didn't think he'd do very well. But Mick, from from our perspective, he's he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Yeah, and what what gets me right is when you watch much of the day. They put up these stats, which is literally a load of shit. Because they put like, even as a Liverpool fan, I can say this: James Rodriguez and his, how many sprints he's done in the last four games, and it's like two, one, zero, three. It's like, well, if like Dan said, if you've got that creative ability in the final third, the sprints don't even matter. It's it's that creative and genius in that in those pockets of space that open up and create goals. Like there was one, I can't remember what game it was, but. He was off a corner and he, he was on the edge and he played a right foot of ball into Seamus Coleman and he scored off it. And it's like no other player in their last in their last ten years would pick that pass out in a, in a million years. And it's having yeah. that creative ability in those and in, in those little pockets, like I said, that creates goals and creates wins and that and that's what he's been doing. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Think, Long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, like you said, Mick, you know, you don't have to be ultra fast if you're going to be a playmaker. I mean, Chabby Alonso wasn't the fastest, but my God, he could find a pass, couldn't he? And he, you know, he was fantastic. But mm. I mean, you, you, Dan, you touched on before about Calvert-Lewin and I, I'm, I'm really pleased for him, don't get me wrong. I think the, the, the lift from the club and Ancelotti, what he's done over since he's come in has been brilliant. And like you said, having that supply line behind him, I was really giving him a new lease of life and he's obviously proved it with Everton. He's just done it uh, for England recently and it's, mm. It must be pleasing knowing that you've got that type of uh, front man. Yeah, I think um, the first time that I really started thinking like, oh, you know, he could be the striker that he's turning into now was when um, Big Dunk took over, for, you know, um, yeah. back in December or whatever, whenever it was for a couple of games. And like, you could, I don't know, you could tell then that he had that relationship with Calvert-Lewin and, uh, you know, reading about it, he's obviously... Big dunk. You can tell from his like aerial ability now that he's been learning from him and they've been training and pushing hard and stuff. And I feel like that's been a really good thing. And then, to be honest, also just like the, the work ethic and having someone like Ancelotti like believe in you. Um, it must do so, it must do wonders for your confidence, mustn't it? Which, yeah. as a striker, confidence is one of the main things you need. So, in a way, it's like if 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 you don't have if you don't start scoring goals and get the confidence, then you can't keep scoring goals. So maybe that's always been his thing where he's never really got into that kind of flow of just scoring like he is now. So with any luck, it'll, you know, he'll just be able to play. I mean, the goal he scored the other day, that long ball from Keane came over and the touch and finish, like, was it against West Ham in the cup? Or so? I, can't, I can't remember yeah. which game it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was. it was unbelievable. I was like, I never thought he'd be the player to score that kind of goal. It was, you know, like proper flair kind of goal. And it was that more like a Mane kind of goal or Salah, yeah. you know, like 
you guys going forward when you battered us last year and it was just like, you know, these long balls that were just yeah. inch perfect and then it would just drop and somehow that, you know, Mane or whoever would control it and like slot it in. You're just like, we don't have that kind of player or the vision to do it. And then all of a sudden Keane's doing balls like that for Calvert-Lewin, who's making the runs because he's getting yeah. more service. So yeah, it's really, really positive. That's mean, and the, and the more goals he scores, the more confidence he gets. Like you said, it's like a circle. You'll get more and more confidence. I think people forget he's still only twenty-three. Like I've still yeah. got loads of, I've got loads of Everton mates, Everton fan mates, and and it's when I've spoke to them over the years, like how they feel about Calvert Lewin. It's always been the same. Like he doesn't score enough. Yeah, like yeah. he's got he's got that work ethic. Like similar to like a Dirk Cow for us in a way. Like he he'd score now and again, like big goals, but he he, he didn't get in the box often enough. Uh, and, and get those goals, but he's, he's he's got six and four now. Which, when you think he's he's now in the England squad, he scored for England last week, I think as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's looking very good for you, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it, it is. Um, but I mean, saying all this, we'll probably get absolutely trounced by you on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I hope so. yeah. Oh, <laughs> not again! Not again! Oh God! Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, there's been pretty much one-way traffic with my little mates on like any WhatsApps. Like over the years, it's always just you know you can't come back with anything basically with you guys. It's, um, no, it's it, it's heartbreaking. To, I mean, you you can always we can always remember the the games where we get beat by Everton, where it's like the Andy Johnson one uh, with the where Rainer just was throwing the ball here, there, and everywhere. That was a, that was a bad game, and like I said, the one that happened ten years ago. Dan Gosling's always a bad memory for me. You know, oh, yeah. in, in the FA Cup in 2009 I think we played Everton three times in like the space of two weeks or something like that and Dan Gosling uh, beating us in extra time in the FA Cup I didn't like that either and then there's there's been a couple of others and yeah. I mean I meant we, we spoke to Sam de Vesterville, didn't we Mick a couple of weeks back uh, oh and, nice and he was t- talking about his uh, his derby memories about the fight he had with uh, Jeffers, Jeffers yeah. <laughs> and that was ultimately that was the last time Everton got uh, got the win at Anfield and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, mate, if you're going to beat us, I'd rather you beat us at Goodison than beat us at Anfield anyway. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we touched on, like, well, Dan touched on Trouncing. We got Trouncing in our last game, 7-2, to Aston Villa at Villa Park. What, what did you make of that, 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 um, that result, Dan? Me? Yeah. Oh, um, this is going to... Well, <laughs> so... Because there are rare moments when Liverpool do, you know, suffer a defeat like that, especially in the last few seasons. Um, and we we beat Brighton like four two as well. So I'd watch that, and and then when Liverpool, like Liverpool lost that same weekend, and I think didn't man you get battered six one as well. Yeah. So for me, it was just an absolutely perfect weekend. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, and um, I was just I, I like watched match of the day and sat up on my own just like. <laughs> Heaven. I was like, I'm going to remember this weekend. Like, and I'm sure Liverpool are in the league again. Like, whatever. You know, you're a great team. Like, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this one. And yeah, you uh, got to. On, on a football side, though, like I feel like Villa were, they were really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, I only watched the highlights, so I didn't see the ins and outs of like, um, how Liverpool played over the, you know, the full ninety minutes. But you looked a little bit maybe defensively. Things obviously weren't quite um, clicking. A bit all over the place, and and Aston Villa obviously just like were really clinical in the finishing, and they seemed like they could open you up on every counter. Really, that's that's exactly what happened. That's exactly we didn't click, did we, Mick, at all? 
I mean, I'm, yeah. I don't want to go over it anymore, Mick. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I think I think it's like Dan said with when you like the two musicians, where if you, you it doesn't quite click. I think Liverpool's team is so specific and so unique, and Klopp's system so unique. When one of them's missing, it has quite a profound effect on the rest of the system. So when we miss Allison, we have Adrian in goal. It cut. It causes like a. It's like a domino effect. So the the fence then suffered there, trying to play the same system with that they would with Allison in goal, who's one of the best sweeper keepers in the world. They've got Adrian in there, who's absolutely shite at it. So they're still playing the high line. And we just like you said, we were getting you, you didn't if you, if you didn't watch the four ninety, you didn't miss much. We were getting battered pretty much for the whole of it. We scored, yeah. we scored two because Salah's a genius. But pretty much, it was them just long balls over the top, and they played us at our game that we beat loads of teams over the years under Klopp yeah. the exact same way. And do you think do you think they should have <clears throat> should he have adapted more? You know, like quickly should Klopp have. Changed or did he try and change things up to stop that happening or no? Not real, not really. That's what, that's what surprised me because I think half time it was four one. We had Henderson on the bench. Gomez was having an absolute shocker. I was like, well, he's going to bring Gomez off and put Henderson on and put Fabinho centre back and put Henderson in and try and shore it up. Maybe grab an early goal, make it four two, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, but he never, and we just carried on as normal. And it just it was just normal. It was the exact same. It was like a vicious circle the whole game. It was like we would keep it. The high line was kept and remained. We knew we had Adrian in goal, who's not going to rush out at the same speed Allison does. And then we we did concede three deflected goals, which is I yeah. think check the stats. We conceded one deflected goal last season in the whole of the season. So yeah. to concede three in one game. It was just one of them games where stars aligned. They had all yeah. like mm. all the luck that was available. They had it. They took it. They played really well. We played shit, and it was just like it's just one for the record books. That I think. Yeah. Also, every team has a, you know, and every band or whatever, like, you know, you have off days, don't you? Or when you go to work, whatever job you do, you have some days where you just can't, for some reason, your synapses aren't quite firing in the right way. And you're like, oh, so you never know. Maybe they had, they were all a little bit off. And, and as you say, the stars aligned and like, I mean, to have three deflected goals in one game is just like, that's unheard of, isn't it? That's it. You're getting no luck there whatsoever, are you, with that? But Anyway, Mick, can we stop talking about Villa now? I, I, I'm like, I can't. <laughs> this, is, this is great. I, I had to go to Birmingham the other day and I was like, oh, I don't even want to go anywhere near the place. Um, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be nice to Dan because he's our guest. I'm trying to make him feel welcome and like, confident. <laughs> Give me something yeah, to laugh about. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't well, been much for the last 10 years. So. Yeah. This is true. But in terms of how the game's going to go then uh, the weekend, mate, do you reckon An- Ancelotti will just play his own game? Do you reckon he'll think right? Well, Liverpool are gonna—they're gonna be hurting. They're gonna have to come at us, so we might have to be, you know, hold ourselves back a bit. Or do you think, you know, do you know what? No, we're Everton. You're coming to Goodison. You try and play us off the park. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like to think that. I mean, considering Klopp didn't change halfway through in the last game, I would imagine he's going to be like, "Well, I've got a system that works, and it's going to work this time." Maybe Ancelotti's going to be like, "Right, well, I saw what Villa did, so." Maybe I'll start trying to, you know, with Rodriguez, with through balls and stuff, maybe we'll try and catch them out and be constantly looking for that, um, you know, your high line or whatever and getting clever balls through and see if we can split the defence and stuff. And But I don't know. I, I think Klopp's too good a manager to, like, let that same thing happen as, as happened last week. So 
I don't know. I, I, it's going to be a great game because they're two, they're, they're two great managers. They will, be, they will have studied each other, won't they? Like, yeah. you know, they will have been pouring over footage over the last few games and stuff and figuring out what to do. So I, I would guess Everton seem to have a system that's working. So I can't imagine he would suddenly change that, you know, when they're obviously clicking in that way. Um, so I would hope they just do what they've been doing and trust, you know, rely on the fact that they're in a good place at the moment and just try and capitalize on it and don't because if he if he suddenly tries to like overthink it there might be a, a worry that the players themselves start overthinking it mm-hmm. and not just you know letting it flow and I think that's what that's been one of the great things with how Everton have been playing it really has been like fluid flowing football and um I'd like to see them yeah just just do what they've been doing yeah and I think well what the fuck do I know like <laughs> I, pl- I play the drums <laughs> <laughs> no, well, like you touched on the um, the Brighton game, you just conceded two, and uh, like like you said, you only caught the, the the match that they highlighted the Liverpool game. I only caught the match that they highlighted the Everton game, and there's quite a few chances where Brighton could have got in and could have scored a few more. And for me, the weak point is always Jordan Pickford, and I mean he's still England's number one. But if it, if it, if that was me, I compare him to Adrian at the minute. Like he's just you can't trust him. At all, can you, how do you feel about Jordan Pickford? Um, so I'm not, I'm not fully in a kind of like, oh, he's off. Like I've got some Everton, fr- you know, fan, fr- obviously friends who they're like, oh no, he's so dodgy, blah blah blah. But I feel like as a shot stopper in general, I think as a as a natural like his natural ability as a keeper, I feel like he's got amazing reflexes. He's fearless. He gets stuck in. But the the, the worrying thing is there have been quite a few moments where, like as you say, one of the Brighton goals, like. Pretty simple. I mean, I'm not a goalkeeper, so when I say simple, this is for professionals who do it all the time. But pretty simple kind of catch, and he obviously like took his eye off the ball or didn't, you know, lost concentration, and then there goes a goal. Now, if we do that against Liverpool, all it takes is one mistake from Pickford for that to happen. Um, And obviously, unfortunately, being the keeper, those one mistakes, like a midfielder, can make loads of mistakes really because in or you know, in general they're gonna get another shot at it. But as a keeper, you do one mistake and everyone's gonna lambast you. So um yeah. I I don't know. I didn't um I think we we bought a keeper on the on like transfer day. Was it um Olsen was it? Yeah. Um so hope you know, I think that's a good thing as well. Like competition for places hopefully like makes makes all the players better and makes them like fight harder. So I don't know. I, don't get me wrong. There's there's a lot of the passing around at the back moments that I get really nervy about because um, sometimes his decision making is just like, you know, well, I don't know whether it's, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of in the spur of the moment. I feel like making that snap decision of like, right, there's a player running towards me. I either pass it to that guy who's also getting a player running towards him or I just lob it upfield to someone and hope yeah. for the best. I think sometimes he sticks too much to the tactic, which is play from the back. And doesn't think like, nah, I need to just hoof it up now. You know, and there are those moments where the old, like, the old style long ball up, at least you might get, like, you might hit your player. You might get a ball that goes through or put pressure on the defence. Don't put yourself under unnecessary pressure. And especially in the first, like, 10 minutes, I feel like he does that quite a lot, which that definitely gets me a bit nervy. Um, so, yeah, let's hope for a flawless Pickford performance. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I related to Adrian like in that Villa game. I'm sorry to go back on it, Jay, but um, first goal was like absolutely horrendous that he passes it too far. Gomez is stretched and he score, and I just yeah. I always related to that. Like it's when you've got like when Allison came in for us, 
he had a few errors. There was one against Leicester away where he pretty much got tackled inside the box and they scored. And since then, we've like with him in goal, we've gone on strength from strength to strength pretty much. We've because we pretty much because we trust him, and it's it's getting that. And I know what you're saying. Like with Pickford, he's pretty sticking too much to the tactics, but he's probably trying to do it so it becomes second nature. But I yeah. think because of the form that he's in. He needs to just lump it, and it's the same with Adrian when the ball goes towards him. I want him to hit it as hard as he can, and not yeah. even try and pass it out. And that's the, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, it is that like just it's that decision making moment of going like, do you want to make it look all fancy? And like you know, when it works, it's amazing. Like there were a few moves against Brighton where you know, yes, he made that mistake, but there were another couple where like they did a few like really cool triangle passes to get it out. And it was just, it looks amazing. You know, when it, when it, when you, when you pull it off, it's like, you just carve up their attack and like, and off you go. And they've obviously got too many men forward and then you've got loads more space to get in. So I totally understand why they do it, but it's those moments when it doesn't, it's like, Oh, just don't risk it. Um, but yeah, we um, shall see. We shall, we shall see. see. Exactly. Yeah. Th- it, wait, is, is Adrian starting for you guys then on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, he will. Unfortunately, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> nice. I all felt less of the deflections <laughs> this week. <laughs> is Adrian a really good shot stopper, though? <laughs> I think every poor keeper that gets uh, complimented is always a good shot stopper. Yeah. That's <laughs> most all people yeah. can say. But yeah, remember that with had... David James as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a really uh, good shot stopper but when there was a corner I remember going to the Everton match and it was literally just like yes there's a corner and James is in goal <laughs> here we go yeah we had that's why we've like well, since we've got Alisson we've just been like absolutely made up because we've had like you said David James fucking Butterfingers we've had Jerty Dudek just absolute keepers who like Dudek fair enough pretty much won as the European Cup in 2005 but yeah. pretty much anything else yeah. He was, I, I didn't rate him very highly and we've had, we've had too many shoppers so I think that's why we love Arsenal as much as we do but um, yeah we'll, we'll move on a little bit down to, to you and, um, and, and the, the Wombats like you've been yeah. touched on before, before we started recording <laughs> when will we see some more um, some Wombats music? Uh, so actually on Friday we've got um, we, we've made a song during lo- uh, no, before lockdown, sorry. And we didn't know what to do with it. And our manager like sent it to this guy called Weathan um, in America. He's like electronic kind of DJ. Um, and he turned the song into like a sort of electronic, you know, an EDM sounding kind of song. So it's uh, it's more like kind of Weathan featuring the Wombat. So that's the next um, release we've got called Clouds. Um, and then after that, we're, we're starting recording our fifth album at the end of October in like two weeks. Um, so yeah, just practicing for that at the moment. Uh, unfortunately, on my own in the studio most of the time uh, for the time being. But we are hopefully Todd's going to get over from Norway, so we'll have like me and him in the studio, and then Murph will be in LA. Um, yeah. And then the, the plan is to release the album like mid next year, it's like first song up maybe like February March time. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's to be honest, like this whole whole lockdown and everything, it's been a good time for you know, the creative side and like writing music and stuff, obviously, because there's no gigs. Uh, so that side of things has been great. But the the worry is that like next year, I mean, obviously the worry for so many bands at the moment is there are no gigs. And for bands who've like either just released an album or um, are about to, it definitely makes you think like, well, should we put it off to next year and see what happens? And I mean, I, I think our plan is just to like put it out regardless because you know we could be dealing with this for well who knows how long so 
there's no point waiting and waiting and waiting. Like we want to get the music out there. And I think there's, you know, people are sat at home and they want to listen to new music and stuff. And we want to get the music out and like, there's no point it sitting on our hard drives, getting gathering cyber dust. Um, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, but hopefully, hopefully live music's going to come back. Cause like yeah. another summer without any festivals is going to be pretty, pretty miserable. Yeah, and I would just touch on there, like obviously the festivals. Like I, I, I went with Kate last year to see it at Le at Leeds Fest, which was just unbelievable. I loved it, and it's like, are you worried about like the like the music industry in, in general, like with this whole thing and not not being able to go, like said, go to live gigs and stuff? Yeah, massively. Um, I mean, we're like in a way the the the, the musicians or the like. If you're in a band and you're signed and stuff, like you're kind of the lucky ones because we can still make music and stuff, and you know you get obviously there's like some royalties and there's a little bit of income coming in from other places. Whereas like the worst thing is for all the venues, all the crew, like the technicians and everything, and then all the supply chains around that. So like obviously, um, you know the PA companies and like all the people that they employ at their warehouses. Like there's just such an infrastructure around music yeah. that I don't think like um, people really ever think about to be honest you know you go to a festival or a gig and you just like you you think there's the band and you don't really think about like what everyone you know all the people on stage making it happen yeah. and they stay there till like two in the morning taking everything down packing up the truck driving to the next you know everything's like runs like clockwork and everyone's like really highly skilled like trained people who've been doing this for years and all of a sudden they're just kind of like right what's what's happening here um yeah and so I feel really bad for them. I mean, I feel bad for everyone, like, you know, young bands out there who aren't getting a chance to play live and learn the craft and get those experiences. And like, um, yeah, but every industry has got its problems, like obviously football and, you know, hospitality, like you name it. I think so many people are in the same boat, uh, which is one of the only things that's like, makes it a little bit easier in a way because you've got so many people who are around you going through the same sort of thing um who can relate to what you're going you know going through um so but you know healthy and all the rest of it so i suppose like you shouldn't really shouldn't really complain about anything but um it's just a shame yeah. when like obviously like the culture in general has always been um fairly low down on the list of priorities um especially for tory governments <laughs> um but you know just in general like it's in schools you know it's like music and art and even sports you know it's like it's always pretty low down isn't it it's like an afterthought really when i would argue that those those things are actually just as important as learning like maths and history and all those yeah. other subjects like um and so i wish there was more focus there and i wish there was more um focus from the government of how like do they have a concrete plan like how to get how do we get like football grounds full again how do we get festivals and gigs back up and running and um safely obviously but like how yeah. there needs there must be a way to do that um by next year because otherwise i mean music industry wise i don't know what's what's going to happen because so many people will move on to other jobs or they'll just be like that you know there'll be young bands who'll just have to stop playing and um yeah. you know yeah and festivals will go under so there'll be fewer festivals to play but i, I don't know it's it's a worrying time it, it like, is mate. genuinely right. is my my brother-in-law he's a, a very very talented musician and for the last three or four years that's how he's made his living just by playing you know thursday to monday every week mm. uh, and he's he's so talented at what he does and i hope one day he get he gets a break because he's he 
recently he's just had to announce that he's he's going to stop gigging for the foreseeable because of what's what's been going on. And I've just I'm, I'm I feel so broken for him because he's now got to get a, a a different job altogether. One he's not going to be happy doing. He's not going to be able yeah. to pick up his his guitar and you know it's I'm I'm with you, mate. I just hope we we get live music back as soon as possible because the world needs it for a start. Yeah, you know, I I love going to download festival. It needs to you know stuff like that yeah. needs to carry on and. You know, my brother-in-law to have his have his job back, and it's the world needs music, and hopefully that it gets taken seriously because we need the arts. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. But we'll um, we'll we'll finish up uh, Dan with um, we'll go back to back to footy. We won't talk about Villa Jay, Don't worry. We'll um, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll go with score predictions for um, for for Saturday. I'll go with you first, Jay. Oh. If I say nil nil, what what am I going to get for that? That's what it's been like at Goodison for the last uh, few years. I'm going to go for a score draw, though. I just think we are going to be chomping at the bit to get um, a win after the the embarrassing defeat to Villa last well uh, the other week, and Everton are flying at the minute, mate. So I'm I'm going to go with a two two. I just think both teams are capable of scoring goals, so I'm going for two two. I reckon that's a pretty good prediction. You know, um, when you started saying that, I was like, yeah, I can imagine that. Like. Um, but I'm going to say it's 2-2 till about 85 minutes. And then <laughs> Rodriguez literally outside the box, just looks up, sees the top bin, just goes, whooping, 3-2, see you later. Like Jackie Alton a few years back. Yeah, yeah, Jackie. That was, what a goal that was. That was fucking To be fair, in that game, I, did, I, I feel like I remember we didn't really deserve to get a point out of it either. Yeah. But what a goal that was! I mean, it was. What's your best? What's your uh, your best um, derby memories, Dan? Um, this is uh, funnily actually the one that comes into my mind. Do you remember the three-three? Like, was it five years? Six years ago? I was in a, I was in an Irish pub in Paris. Oh, it was. It was. It was the. Mick, do you remember uh, we clashed with Daniel Sturridge header? It was a glancing header. Oh, Suarez, the, stu- the Sturridge one. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Suarez has scored a free kick uh, at one end. Yeah, oh my God. Do you know what? Do you know what it was, Dan? Because it, that was the 13-14 season where, where we nearly won the league. I, I don't know why that that's got, got, out, <laughs> my, got out of my mind. Maybe oh, so I just what? don't want to remember that year. So it, was, <laughs> it, was about, it was six years ago, was it? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. God, yeah. And I, and I ended up, um, I was in this like, because I used to go and watch, I lived in Paris for a while and I used to go and watch um, the game in this like Scottish pub and for some reason I don't know whether it was under repair or what was going on but it wasn't open and I was like no this is where I always go and I'd even met like a couple of guys from Liverpool who, who lived in Paris and we'd go like we're Everton fans and so I went to this other pub met one of them there because he'd obviously had the same problem and then there were a couple of other like Liverpool fans Everton fans along this bar and we just started drinking I think it was a 12.30 game and just started yeah, drinking Started drinking Guinness and watching it, and it was so it was so much fun. Like, yeah. yeah you know what? I was the exact same when you said three three. I was like, where, what the f- where? When was that? I was trying to think, and then I've just looked check now. It was two thousand thirteen, and I was and I remember the storage like the equaliser, like last minute. It was like a flick on a header, wasn't it? Yeah, because I remember going absolutely fucking mental. But, uh... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, that was the one, but probably just because I was in Paris as well, and like you know, missing missing home probably. So. Um... Those ones stand out. Yeah, the the one for me, well, worst one for me was the fucking Andy Johnson three uh, 0 win. I think it was two thousand six. 
where he scores twice, and I think I can't remember who scored the other one, but it was just like that was just the absolute killer for me. Where I think Pepe Reina had an absolute shocker and tried to like take Andy Johnson's head off with his hands when <laughs> he scored, and I was just like, that was. And it's mad to think that was 14 years ago. Like it's that's wow. absolutely crazy. Like I was only I was 17. Now. That's like it just feels like a world like a world away to me. That amazing. And the good thing about derbies is they're always memorable. Um, you know, for for whether even if it's a nil nil, there's always a memorable moment at the end of the day with with, with every derby, isn't there? And yeah. No, no, no doubt that this one with the way Liverpool are playing, the way Everton are playing, you know, a new lease of life, it's going to be. One hell of a derby on Sunday. It's going to be so good. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm also, gonna... given the fact that Liverpool has just gone into like the you know a stricter lockdown, there's going to be like for pe- for all the fans watching on both sides, like the city's going to be absolutely yeah. like the tension in the air, like it's going to be buzzing, isn't it? Very good point, mate. Very good point. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I didn't give my prediction. I'm going to go two on Liverpool, by the way. Oh, oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> mate. Sorry, we did we did ask we did ask. Go on, the two. Who's, who's going to score then, mate? Um, I always well, I don't I don't remember the last time I predicted a clean sheet for Liverpool, even when Allison was in goal, which is quite worrying really. But especially with Adrian in goal, it wouldn't even surprise me if Everton scored first. And yeah. I just hope we don't absolutely capitulate like like the other week against Villa, and we come Stop back. Stop saying Villa. Stop saying Villa. <laughs> Stop do, you, do you feel like home teams have the same advantage anymore though, without the without the fans in the stadium? Nah. I, 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 I'd be interested to see at the end of the year whether there is like a you know whether the statistic shows that home advantage is pretty much gone. Good shout, that mate. It's a good shout. I think it has because I always, well, I've I've always worried about going to Goodison, even if we've been quite good there over the years, getting draws and wins. But it doesn't matter, even if we were like, even if we played just and we played thirty games and won all thirty, we went to Goodison on the thirty-first game. I'd still be worried that we'd get beat. I like it. It's yeah. just, it's just ingrained in me to like always be worried. But with the no fans there, it makes me makes me feel better anyway that we've got more of a chance of getting a result. And I think mm. wasn't the first game back after, after like the the brief hiatus that we played. You was at Goodison and it was like the most boring nil nil. But you you could have won it. And I think mm. it yeah. might be more of the same on Saturday. But I hope not. No, I hope not. <laughs> Don't think so. No. <laughs> Well, we'll soon find out anyway. Uh, but Dan, listen, mate, it's been absolutely a pleasure uh, having you on, mate. It's, no. been, it's been brilliant. Hopefully, if you've got the time, we'd love to, to do the review show after the derby if you've got to get you back on. Oh, uh, yeah. We, are, we, are we putting a fiver on the uh, on the score prediction as well? Come back and oh, see who got that. it. I'm up for that. <laughs> I'm up for that. I'll, I'll chuck in for you then, Mick. I'll chuck in for you. <laughs> I'm skinned and I'm always wrong, so... <laughs> All right, a quid... <laughs> All right, we'll just bet. sportsman's we'll bet, sportsman's <laughs> bet. <laughs> so, Dan, again, thank you very much, mate. For oh, thanks for having me, show, mate. We really appreciate it, and obviously, you're welcome. Any time, whether it's Liverpool or playing Everton or not, mate. You know, any time, and appreciate you sharing the information about Wombat stuff. I know loads of people are excited about the upcoming stuff, and mate, a huge congratulations to you and the boys for everything that you've done since oh, you started so in, in 2003. I know it's been. A long slog, mate, but you're a testament to, to when people should stick to the dreams, mate. So, fair play to you. Yeah. Oh, cheers, man. Thanks. Um, that is us on the Copyright Podcast again. Uh, give us a like, subscribe, and leave us a comment on how much you like the video and how much you want to see Dan back on the show as well. And we'll be back, <laughs> uh, we'll be back in the next episode to review, hopefully, a very entertaining derby. Mick, what do we say? See you next time, is it? See you next time, yeah.
Podcast Network.